0: Welcome to the Undoku Hustle Show, a podcast designed to help people get started with entrepreneurship through the story of Undoku entrepreneurs and their process of starting up with hosts Alejandro Flores Muñoz and Victor Galvan.
1: Hello and welcome to our second episode of the Undoku Hustle Show. I have my co-host here, Alejandro Flores-Munoz. How are you doing, Alejandro?
0: Bien, bien, Victor. Aquira. Este, It's starting. What day is it today? Tuesday. Tuesday. Oh, we recorded our first podcast on a Tuesday también. That's right. Two weeks ago now. There we go. I'm super excited because um, we've been
1: getting a really good feedback from our first episode. And I think it's given us a lot of really good fuel for you and me to really come up with next ideas for the podcast and... And of course, this is just like incubating right into a lot of, it's incubating and rolling into a lot of good ideas. So um, I want to remind everyone that we, we, we launched the first episode of the, the podcast um, two weeks ago, um, and um, we had a good success. I think we, we, we had over, um, over, what, three dozen lis- listeners log on?
0: Yeah, we had quite a few people log on. I think what we're most excited about is the just the content, and even just getting some folks to say, "I I found an idea, or that helped me think about a solution." Didn't you have some a couple people who reached out to you?
1: Yeah, I um, I'm actually really proud of of one specific one. My cousin, um, shout out to my cousin Carlos. He messaged me, and it was a super sweet message on on. On Facebook Messenger, he, he said he was really proud of what I was doing and, and, and the show and just wanted to shout out that that he was thinking about starting his own business and that he never thought about it before listening to our show. So he was really impressed with the quality. And um, I also had another person reach out to me, Ricardo Rocha, um, who I hope that one day we'll be able to get on this show because he's got his own hustle that um, he's launched um Bondadosa and gave me props on the quality as well as the content. So just super excited to hear from two incredibly important people in my life um, and get such good feedback.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. E, what are we going to talk about today?
1: Well, today I get, I, I'm Mr. Lucky today. I get to interview you. Um, we're going to talk about licenses. Um, but before we go into that, I wanted to talk about um, this experience that we had last week and we're still going through it. Um, the Tamale Cash Mob. Um, first off, okay. I want to um, thank you, Alejandro, for the opportunity of, of working together on this project. Um, I've done Tamale mm-hmm. fundraisers in the past, but nothing as impactful and um, as responsive as this this um, um, Cash Mob. And for those of you that don't know what a Cash Mob is, it's a tool used um, specifically around um, gentrification when businesses are are literally being pushed out because of high rent. Um, people will, will, will organize a cash mob in order to see small businesses that are traditionally historic to the neighborhood survive. Um, if any of you have seen gentrification, um, um, you actually see a cash mob happen um, after um, um, one of the main characters draws a luchador on the storefront and is starting to get some negative attention. So um thank you everyone to uh who participated and helped Marta um you know um get to a a pretty big goal um with her her tamale sales do you want to say anything about this alejandro
0: yeah i think most most important thing that i want to say is that how we were able to directly help um you know somebody who has been affected by this whole COVID-19 pandemic. Um, We know that um, it's, you know, this pandemic is effective. if It's um, disproportionately affecting people of color and documented people more than other communities. Um, And so being able to do this for even just one person is super, super awesome. But I think out of all of this, you know, it, it came from just like, what can we do really quickly to help you know, La Señora. And now I think this can grow into something that we can choose, you know, l- look for another person every month and see how we can help them beyond just the getting the $2,000 or $4,000 or whatever it is that we were able to help them fundraise, but also leave them with the resources to be able to perhaps take their own online orders, be able to have the mechanism and the infrastructure understanding of how to like, be able to deliver orders, and so <clears throat> I think you know this is this we potentially can do. This um, we can use this as an avenue to help others. Um, and we saw how responsive the community was, and I'm so thankful for all of them who right away stepped up. I think it was, it was within like two hours, you text me, Victor, and you're like, Alejandro, there's like 60 people who have already placed orders, and each some of them have like multiple dozens ordered. And so it was so, you know, so overwhelming to see like, whoa, 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 we got to slow things down. This is, this is working too well. (laughs) Yeah. um, And I do want to report that um,
1: just with the final, final numbers, um, we ended up, we ended up getting right around um, 283 um, dozen orders of tamales. Um, So huge, huge. Uh, like, I never even thought we were going to get to that goal. I've done tamale fundraisers, like mm-hmm. I said in the past, and the <laughs> most I got to was about 60, maybe 70, um, <clears throat> dozen sold. And and to see, you know, the community just like day by day um, order more and more and more and more and be enthusiastic about supporting this effort. Um, it, it, one, it touched my heart. and And two, I was just so relieved to see that you know, Martha had some work going her way and she was really going to be able to earn some money. You know, um, I, I really didn't see this as charity, more of just connecting the dots, you know. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I want people to see that that this for for Martha is a, a definitely like a business venture that she's considering doing and expanding, you know, hopefully over the next few months. Um, So I definitely want to bring Marta onto the show and see, you know, what this has done for her and, and her business and what she's thinking about doing in the future.
0: For sure. Yes. I definitely see this like as an avenue for us to be able to um, help, help other people grow and help them financially. Um, But also, you know what it, as I, as we're saying this, and this also has um, made us people realize how much the government is there not, not to help us small businesses and people who um, help move this country forward economically through small businesses. Like, you know, I'm a small business owner and I haven't seen any of the federal support. I haven't seen any of the, you know, PPP loans. I haven't seen any of the disaster funds. The city of Denver put together a local fund that I haven't seen, seen any of it. You know, it's community groups that have really helped me stay afloat. Um, You know, for example, uh, the Center for Community Wealth Building um, granted me and my business partner in our business a grant that, you know, supporting us is helping us through this um, pandemic where we've seen a decrease of literally, Victor, 95%. We used to sell 500 bowls a day, and now we're doing 150 a week. Wow. Wow yeah, I mean it, it, it really
1: like just a huge shout out to the community organizations that are doing that. I think it's it's incredible work, and we're really blessed to be in positions where we do have access to people who who are about social change and about helping you know um, community that is struggling and is at the crux of these issues. so with that, you know I, I want to just close it off by saying thank you. Thank you. Thank you to everyone who participated in the Tamal Cash Mob. We are going to do another episode on this because it, it is so intriguing how this happened, but also how this will launch Marta into another place, right? She's going to get some money to, to pay the bills and, and to, to make sure she's taking care of her family, but she's also going to have some money to, to think about what her next the next level of her business is, and we're definitely going to help her in that aspect. For so, sure. I want to um, um, go transition into the next um, part of our, our podcast, Um, I'm interviewing you, Alejandro, because you have all of a sudden in the past few years become this, this mogul, this local mogul about legitimizing your business. And I love this about you because you're not only just encouraging people to start their business, but to do it in a way they're, they're not worried or looking over their shoulder that, you know, Uncle Sam or 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 the, the local State Department is gonna come after them because <coughs> they're not following some rule or Karen or, or Exactly. Or Karen, God, Karen's and Becky's. That's real, right? And, and and we're we're definitely targeted by that because of um the position that we're in and, and because of the, the identities that we carry, right? Some person doesn't like our their poke ball or doesn't like their tamales and, and tries to, to use like um, being legitimate as a a weapon towards you. And, and thanks to the work that you're doing, you know, with your YouTube channel and, um, and, and with this show, you know, you're giving people the real tools to, to get legitimized. So I wanted to ask you, what are, what are some of the licenses that you've had to acquire for conducting business?
0: Yeah. Um, and, You know, I've had to, I've had to do various type of licenses and it all started because I wanted to do the hustle, right? It's like when I first started my first hustle, which was the sunglasses, um, you know, prior to that, I was selling the little things here and there, but it was, it was always like, you know, uh, just to our community, just like my mom was selling things and perfumes and colchas and things like that, right? Um, but then I wanted to just see how I can make this legitimate. And an honest truth way is that I used to think that I needed to have a social security number to be able to get a business license. And the reason why I became legitimized was because when I got in 2012, when I got DACA, that gave me the courage, it gave me the like almost the freedom to be like, oh, I can go do whatever, whatever I want. And what I want to do is I want to open up a business and I want to make it legitimate, legitimately. And now I have all the documents or the document that I lack, which is a nine, nine, nine digit number that I all of a sudden have. Now I come to realize, and we'll talk a little bit later on in the show, how regardless of status, you can get a business license. But my mentality back in 2012 was that I couldn't. Right. Uh, and so that led me into a world of just like researching how I can get my business license. And <clears throat> so the first license I got was a retailer license, but over the years I've had to get a, a, a street vendor's license when I was selling buttons in the street. Um, I also you know, now have had to acquire many uh, food licenses and um, different certifications to be able to sell food. So I've, over the years I've had to um, go through the process
1: so, a retailer's license, a peddler and a street vendor's license, and then a food license. Um, I could imagine that 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 involves a lot of paperwork, a lot of jargon that was kind of hard to understand, and maybe even records that that you had to come up with to to get those licenses, right?
0: Yeah, um, definitely. There's there's you know there's a trial of tr- you know trail of paperwork that you have to have, and the thing is that. For example, when I first got my business license, I got it in California, in the in Orange County. Um, and what I've come to realize that it the the process is similar, you know, across the board mostly. But it also is, you know, it changes the way that they refer to different documents. Or some states and some cities or some counties require less and some more. Um, but at the end of the day, is information that we can obtain that we can, that we, that we, that that we're able to get.
1: Right. Right. Um, You know, I, I want to come back to, to this, this kind of like door opening for you with your social security number. I, I, I feel that, right. Like when, when I got DACA, I feel like a lot of doors were open to me, but it was only really the realization that those doors were open to me, you know, even previously to my social security number, because, because, I, I had the confidence to say, like, I got my social security number now. And it almost like it was the key moving forward, but realizing that, like, I didn't even need that key to get in the door. Right. No. Um, And talking about like, you are really encouraging folks, like, you know, avientate, like, come, come through that door or even try to knock on that door, you know, um, um, just because you, you need to legitimize your business. You want to be, um, um, you know, all up to date and make sure that you're up to code. Mm -hmm. And to me, it's, it's, it's that, that work that you're doing, like letting people know like, Hey, no necesitas papeles, you know, you don't need papers. And, and that to me is like the powerful work that we're, we're really bringing in people and they're starting to lean in to the conversation. Um, People want to know that information and want to know that, Mm -hmm. yes, they can have a legitimized business as you know, and, and here
0: are the routes to take. Yeah. And uh, go ahead. Um, yesterday, actually, I, I am part of the Immigrants Rising Ambassadors Program, the Entrepreneurship Ambassadors Program. And every month we actually award a $2,000 grant, a Kickstarter grant that allows people to, you know, kickstart their business or scale up their business or use it for wherever they are, if they already started up. And we actually had this discussion yesterday and, and my advocacy went towards, you know, let's you know, I I wanted to go towards a business or or an applicant applicant who actually gave us a breakdown of like them getting all their licenses. And the reason why I found that so important was because I feel that once you have those licenses and once you have all the permits, one, it's, it's easier for you to jump on board into some of the platforms that are gonna require you to have these licenses and these tax information But two, it's really gonna make you feel like, okay, this is something that it's mine now that I can help grow, that I can actually start moving forward. Um, And there's various ways that you can do that, but I think going through this route gives you just that sense of security and of like, let me go for it. Yeah, yeah. And it's easier, and it's easier, and it's easier than people think. And I think that's another reason why we leave it behind so long because it's it's stuff that we've never had to deal with, right? We can't go to my mom or dad or somebody you know, usually in our families because they haven't gone through that process either right i I think you're you're absolutely right, like we need to create that community understanding,
1: that network understanding you know i i i one person that just like has has like floored me in terms of like impressing me um on how far they've gone. Without a social security number, um, has got to be, and I think you know him, Jose Beteta. Mm-hmm. I met this man back in two thousand and thirteen, um, no two thousand and fourteen, when we did our first show um, through Modus Theater of of of, of our monologues of mm-hmm. being undocumented, and um, and after the show, he stood up, and I remember no- knowing him. I was like, oh, that's the president of. The, Latino, the Boulder Latino Chamber of Commerce mm-hmm. and 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 then he, he floors us with information that he's undocumented and the president of the Latino Chamber of Commerce and I'm like just with my jaw on the floor mm. just, you know Um, and I just think to myself like man how many times has he had to tell himself like I don't need papers for this I'm going to try or even if I think I, I need papers for this I'm going to try and like now he has this multi-million-dollar brewery just outside of 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 the the Stadium, is. you know, um, right right next to where Meow Wolf is going to be. You know, to me, that is just like an excellent, you know, um, success story of somebody who has like persevered and taken down these roadblocks, regardless. Mm-hmm. <laughs> of status. And 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 it also shows that, um, you know. Surrounding yourself with people who know the processes, especially the, the, the like licenses and the, the steps are important to level up, right? Um, this is something that I talk about with Ricardo Rocha is like, you need to think about the next, like, all right, you're, you're now selling you know, 100 tamales uh, a week you know, or 100 dozen tamales a week. How can you get to the 500, to the, to the 1,000 mm-hmm. dozen a week level? Right. And what does that look like? And those are the challenges that I want our entrepreneur crowd to start, our undocu hustlers to start chewing at. Right. You, I'm sure you, you have had those moments where you like finally got the license in your hand and you're almost open to like becoming the, the next version. Well, of
0: it, <clears throat> it actually really allows you to be able to get uh, to scale up. Right. Because, for example, like now that I have. You know, it's easy if I need to get a contract with a local university which requires a bunch of vendor information, I'm very quickly able to, you know, provide that information. Okay, you need an insurance, I got that. You need workers' comp information, I have it. You need my tax information, here it is, right? So it's very attainable and easy. Um, awesome. So
1: I guess here's my question, right? Is um, can undocumented people acquire licenses? which kinds and, and, you know, what, what, where do they go? Do they go to the city level? Do they go to the county level? Do they go to the state level? Um, um, run that by me.
0: Yeah. So as I, I and, and through this, throughout this episode, I'm going to keep mentioning immigrants rising um, because, you know, I, I as I mentioned, I'm, I'm a, I'm a fellow for their, for their, one of their programs, their entrepreneurship programs. But I think more importantly, they really do have so much resource and so much information on their website that can give you like step-by-step directions on how to navigate this process. And one of the things that they have really focused on is figuring out resources and information on how to apply for business license, regardless of your status. And yes, people can definitely apply for business licenses, regardless of status. And one of the big, one of the, you know, ways that I know to explain it the quickest, is by forming an LLC. So, you know, first you have to get your ITIN as an individual to be able to request a, your Secretary of State to issue you uh, a certificate um, of LLC. Um, And they require your ITIN, which, or an EIN, or an EIN, you can get an EIN which is a federal employee identification number through the IRS. Um, and once you have that number, you can then go through the LLC route and let get your business as an entity. So now, you know, your business tiene los papeles, right? Your business is the one que tiene uh, all the documents and you are just, you know, managing it. Okay. <clears throat>
1: So that's that's really where you would suggest people start is is get your your LLC um, after having registered your your business through the state and and getting your your certificate that you're a a, a business a legitimate business
0: right and um, your secretary of state in order to give you that to issue you that certification is going to ask you for either your ITIN or your EIN. Um, because you're going to want to do this as an LLC, you will have to go through the EIN route, which is an employer identification number. Uh, but, yes, I, at the end of the day, and, uh, undocumented folks or people who, do, who like documents, as long as they, they're able to obtain an ITIN number, then they can start the process of getting their license. Okay. So, I'm actually going to put
1: the link for how to obtain your EIN through the IRS um, into our studio notes because I think it's it's a great um, it's a great resource to have. Um, I've done it for um, one of my own businesses and it is super super simple and easy. I've actually um, seen the instructions online and thought it'd be better to just call um, and they have a really super easy um, um, process um, through the phone. They'll register you give, um, email you all the information that you need, um, after getting your EIN and, um, close you out all in the same, literally like the same 30 minutes that you call the IRS. So, um, super simple and easy.
0: Yeah, And then we'll definitely put in the, the studio notes also links for the immigrants rising resources, cause they'll have also step-by-steps on how to, um, get your ITIN and then licenses as well.
1: Um, perfect. Um, so next, I I want to talk about what what you went through to get like some of the next licenses after you 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 set up your business and through the Secretary of State, you you established the IN um, um, for your your business or your LLC. Um, What local agencies did you, did you go to, to, to figure out like what licenses you needed for specifically your business? Like, let's talk about um, your first one, your, your, um, um, sunglasses or progressive
0: glasses. Mm -hmm. Which one did you get a a license for first? That was a, that was a retail license. Um, and I remember at the time it was confusing because I was going to only be selling online. And to me, the retailer seemed like uh, it was, you know, I had had a physical front, storefront. Um, but now I've seen, since I've launched, I've seen more uh, state agents or local agencies actually um, have a broader or actually have a more direct um, type of specific licenses. So you'll be able to find like an e-commerce license or uh, online retailer license. Uh, but essentially, it was, it was just the license to pay your taxes, um, and what that is is that they basically they, they kind of like charge six hundred dollars upfront, um, and that's your local tax. And at the end of the year, you report how much you did, and if it was lower than six hundred, then they'll give you money back. If it's more than six hundred, then you have to pay the taxes that are that are owed. Okay. So you said the threshold was six hundred dollars? Yes, there's it varies uh, state to state, city by city, but it's usually around that. Okay. And then
1: and then how about Stokes Poke?
0: Yeah, Stokes Poker that one required a little bit more um more actual <clears throat> digging around and researching because it was a food business and there was various things that I had to do, but the, the starting points were the same, which was, um, making sure that I have an EIN number. So going to the secretary of state, um, uh, which we registered the, um, LLC as Will cook food group. Um, and then from that we used will cook food group, the LLC to register it locally here in the D- Denver, Colorado. Um, and we registered it with our uh, doing business as Stokes Poké. So all of our documents is Stokes Poké, um, but our LLC is Will Cook Food Group. Um, and But then also that, those licenses required me going through the health department to get um, cl- you know, clearance and the fire department, uh, just different things that had to be done in order to first you know, start serving food. Which is meeting a bunch of different requirements uh, insurances that I needed to get as well um, uh, yeah, so I think it was a longer process, but um, it took all about maybe two months to get everything what would you what would you say for
1: people who are kind of in your position to start like I know that you kind of you purchased Stokes Poke the actual vehicle mm-hmm. right um Um, ready, like ready. um, And, and like, you know, that you knew that that had already gone under inspection by the health department, the fire department, what kind of capital do you, do you suggest people like have on hand to make sure that they're up to code? Yeah. Especially health code and like, you know, fire regulations and stuff like that.
0: So I would say like licensing all in all from like getting the LLC to, to getting um, certifications and insurances, uh, pay taxes, all of that, I would say, cost me right, or, right a little bit below $2,000. Like, $2, yeah.
1: and then but if, it can if, be if... done
0: for less. So that was just for food business. But like, if you're trying to do just a retailer license, then it might be less. But you're looking from anywhere from yeah, I would say $850 uh, to $2,000.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, interesting that that number is right around the same ca- or the same amount that Immigrants Rising is offering for their Kickstarter grant, which I, I just want to com- continue to promote because we have had um, various people around us who have applied for that grant and have successfully got it. You know, and um, you know, shout out to to one of our close friends, Luis, who got who got it back in what? It was February that they got it.
0: The months have just <clears throat> I become one, and I don't even know where we're at. But yeah, <laughs> he recently got it. He he's uh, he's prior coronavirus, prior
1: co- coronavirus. So he got before it prior March.
0: coronavirus. <laughs> um.
1: So yeah, I just wanna wanna keep pushing that because you know it sounds like you know if if you're kind of like low on, 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 on capital, you know, you can reach out to, to this group. To see if they, they would kind of sponsor you're getting licensed and, and really like getting you to the point where you're legitimate. Yeah. Um,
0: um, and so, and not only for the Kickstarter grant, Victor, but, the, but también uh, the resources that honestly they, they provide on licensing. When people ask me like, Hey, how do I do this? How should I, how should I get this? I either like, if I can hop on the call with them and I like walk them through it. But most of the time I'm just like, refer them to Immigrants Rising, I send them a link. And I think they just have done an excellent, excellent work on getting all those resources in a centralized location where they're easy to read, easy to navigate. Um, so we'll continue to just share those those links and that info for for everyone.
1: Well, I want to use this opportunity to just close, remind folks that we have our studio notes available um, in the description of the show on the anchor app. You can also listen to it and anywhere where you have, where you listen to your podcast. You know, we want to keep pushing this information. So please subscribe, share, comment and review. We have a goal of getting a hundred reviews on this podcast um, throughout the the many platforms that that um, podcasts are, are available, um, so please, if you have listened to this, leave us a comment, leave us a review, and we'll give them the- a shout the- out. The- Say that again.
0: We'll give them a shout out.
1: Yeah, we can definitely give you a shout out. We'd love to do the the good, the bad, and the ugly for content uh, for comments. So if you have a comment about the show, please um, send us one. Our, our way, and, and we'll definitely read it and shout you out. Um, moreover, I want to make sure people are following um, Alejandro and myself on our Instagram and our social media pages. So for myself, my Instagram, um, throughout most social media, it's at Victor Galvan 247 That means 24-7 um, I'm, I'm available, but across Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Um, for Alejandro, I know that you are mostly Senator Flores, um, with an S, um, at, on Instagram, on Facebook, on Twitter, um, also follow his Unum Sunglasses line. I know you're relaunching Unum Sunglasses for this summer and, um, make sure to, to, to follow that. And of course the Hustle show, um, Instagram, I think we're going to make a Facebook group or Facebook, um, here soon. And a website. and a website that's right
0: yeah
1: um so yeah um an easier way for you all to find the studio notes and of course um check out any and every um one of our episodes um so thank you so much for listening and um, hope to see you on the next episode of the undocu hustle show